welcome back to another episode of the Mindset Podcast. This is your host, Alex Muir, helping you flex your mind, body, and soul. In today's episode 82, we're going to be speaking with Chad Price. Chad Price is the founder of Kettlebell Kings and Life Grows Green, hemp and cannabis advocate, athlete, and serial entrepreneur. And please welcome Chad Price to the podcast. And this episode is brought to you by RadioGuestList.com, the number one free radio guest podcast and talk show guest expert interview booking service on the internet. This episode is brought to you by PodcastGuest.com, connecting podcasters with great guests, podcasters. Find relevant experts and other podcasters to be guests on your podcast. Experts, guests, and more. Get booked on great podcasts to expand your reach and audience. Podcastguest.com connects podcasters with experts, authors, and other podcasters to be guests on their podcasts. Are you ready to take your mind and body to the next level? Look no further than Mindset, the podcast that's all about unlocking your true potential. And now, we've teamed up with a brand that's as dedicated to recovery as we are. Introducing NerdCover Ice Bath. Hey there, podcast listeners. It's your host, Alex here, and I've got some exciting news for you. If you're looking to supercharge your recovery after those intense workouts, or just want to experience the incredible benefits of cold therapy, NerdCover is your ultimate solution. Picture this, you've pushed your limits and now it's time to treat your body to the rejuvenating power of an ice bath. NeuroCover Ice Bath offers a range of top quality products designed to help you bounce back faster and stronger. From their innovative ice bath tubs to their specially formulated recovery accessories, NeuroCover has it all. But wait, there's more. As a valued listener of Mindset, you're in for a treat. When you, when you use my exclusive discount code Alex36631 at checkout, you'll get a fantastic 20% off on any NearCover product purchased through my affiliate link. That's right, 20% discount to elevate your recovery game. So whether you're an athlete aiming for peak performance or someone who simply wants to feel invigorated every day, NeuroCover Ice Bath is your ticket to unparalleled recovery. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to invest in your well-being. Remember, it's not just an ice bath, it's in the lifestyle upgrade. Head over to our affiliate link to explore the NerdCover range and embrace the power of recovery like never before. Don't forget to use code ALEX36631 for that exclusive 20% discount. Thank you for supporting Mindset and taking this exciting journey with us. Here's to unlocking your potential and recovering the NerdCover way. Mindset and NerdCover, because your mind and body deserve the best. Start your journey today. Disclaimer, all information provided by Alex Muir is of general nature and is spoken from Alex Muir's and his guests' personal experiences and personal opinions on the topics related to fitness, health, and education only. No information is to be taken as medical or other health advice pertaining to any specific health or medical condition. You agree that use of this information is at your own risk and hold Alex Muir harmless from any and all losses, liabilities, injuries, or damages resulting from any and all claims. Thank you.
live. Welcome to the Mindset Podcast. This is your host, Alex Muir, helping you flex your mind, body, and soul. Today's episode 82, we're going to be speaking with my special guest, Chad Price. Chad is the founder of Kettlebell Kings and Life Goes Green, hemp and cannabis advocate, athlete, serial entrepreneur, and most recently, author of the book, Preparing for Battle, which just got released this past Wednesday, August 23rd. So Chad, happy to have you on the Mindset Podcast today. Super pumped for this interview. I've been really jazzed up about it and you got such a diverse background and you bring, you bring a lot of, a lot of breadth of experience. And, and I know a lot of my listeners would be like ecstatic to be able to listen to what you have to say. So welcome. Thank you for having me and very nice meeting you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very excited that we're doing a video because this is, this is, you're my first video podcast. And the only reason I haven't done it sooner it's because I was just worried about, you know, quality and all that kind of stuff. Because I always want to make sure, I, you know, production value. I'm always bringing the, the best uh, production value to the table, you know, for all the interviews. But people are asking consistently. They want video, right? And it's just it just creates that way better engagement, better experience, right, for the listener. And so then they really get to feel like they're, they're, they're here with us, right? So 100%. Yeah. yeah. So one thing I want to start off by asking about was uh, – you got a lot of strengths coming from your athletic background and the strengths from your athletic background have been like very tailored to your business acumen that you've developed or they've translated very well to the business side of things, right? Going from sure. an athlete or a student athlete in college, you know, in football for Rice University and then you, you know, you're, you're done that and then you're like, okay, I would like to, you know, or you're, you're in corporate America. I read that you were working with TransCanada for a while. And then you're like, you know what, this isn't, this isn't the path. I don't want to follow the, the typical go to college, get good grades, do well in college, go to the corporate America route. This didn't feel right to me. So you went a different route and you're like, I want to start my own fitness company. So tell us a little bit about that and, and how kind of that thought came about because, you know, with your athletic background. and Sure. I mean, I think, you know, growing up, I always knew I wanted to kind of run or be a part of a larger operation. So whether I started that from scratch myself or, you know, whether I kind of worked myself up or, you know, worked my way up the chain, if you will, to an organization that I thought was, you know, let's say forward thinking or progressive type of organization. After graduating from college, I think just like anybody else, you start looking for what do you want to do, what field or job you're going to have long term. And, you know, I don't think I necessarily know it all. I have some hunches and I'm one of the types of people that I don't really mind trying out new things or new jobs. So it's very easy for me just to, you know, try out a new thing or try out a new job. And then if that doesn't work, that's just, you know, plan A moves to plan B and plan B moves to plan C type of a situation for me. So even when I was at TransCanada and really kind of working my way up the corporate ladder, I knew that I always, if I wanted to start my own company, I had to kind of make a formal decision to do so. So, you know, working my way up through TransCanada kind of helped me make that decision long-term because at that point I'd kind of seen what it was like to be in that space. You know, I worked there for three years and I got to know everybody that, you know, I would eventually work into their roles and things like that. So it was something that if I wanted to come back to, I could. And if, if I wanted to start my own company, it was kind of a kind of time to jump, if you will, to to really go go for it. Right on. And I read that you so make. I just want to make sure I got the timelines correct. So you you started ruminating on the idea for Kettlebell Kings while in college. Were you also working in Trans Canada while you were in college, or was that after college? 
So after college, I worked quite a few different jobs. You know, I worked in construction, worked in sales, <clears throat> worked for uh, quite a, quite a few different kind of sales, different different roles: outdoor sales, indoor sales, and selling internet. So I, I kind of got a, a kind of a hardcore sales crash course right out of college. You know, I was hitting fifty doors a day and one hundred and fifty calls, two hundred calls a day on top of that. So that kind of helped me calibrate myself or what's what's expected in this type of circumstance and then i moved into construction from construction which was probably my favorite career that i was in i moved into oil and gas and from oil and gas that's when i decided to start kettlebell kinks even when i was in college i knew i wanted to start a company and you know i would joke around or you know you talk with buddies after you know what are we going to do after college who's you know who's going to start a company and you know, try to start making those alliances or networks if you will but I never really knew exactly what it was going to be until I formally made that decision while I was working. Right on, right on. And have we always had a passion for like bodybuilding, weight training? Because it's always been part of your right your your training regimen for for football and stuff like that. Have you always wanted like had like kind of like your own routine or followed a routine or? Well, I mean, you know, I think it's just kind of bringing. I I grew up in a small town, South Texas, so. When you grow up there, it's not a lot to do. You know, this is even pre-internet age we're talking about. Makes me <laughs> say that, but you know, there was no social media when I was a kid, and my my recreational time was spent outdoors playing sports. So you know, growing up, I played basketball, baseball, soccer, track, tennis, pretty much every sport that was available, I played it. Uh, in high school, once I didn't start even playing football until high school, and once I got there, it was a lot more kind of forward thinking and I realized, you know, I could I could earn a scholarship and maybe use this to catapult myself to, you know, next levels. And it was more than just football for me, even coming from, you know, my small town. I really wanted to set myself up for an education or an intellectual journey that will prepare me for starting my own business or becoming part of this huge business operation that I always envisioned myself being part of. No, absolutely. And um, one of the other questions I want to ask you was, how do the qualities like discipline, teamwork, and resilience that an athlete possesses translate into success as an entrepreneur or a business owner? I mean, I think it translates beautifully, you know, especially physical sports like football or just, you know, contact sports. I think it teaches you how to overcome pain, how to overcome adversity, how to deal with adversity and keep going. You know, it really allows you to simulate a lot of battles that you'll have in the business world in more of a physical situation, but it's still, you know, you using your mind and your strategies to overcome obstacles. And I think that's what an entrepreneur has to do every day more than trying to, you know, gorge yourself on information that you think is going to help you. I think it's more of the resilience mindset that you have and going after your goals and keeping focus on that long-term. Yeah. You go from reps in the gym to reps and, you know, doing, doing calls or, cold calls or there you go, yeah. or yeah so yeah, exactly. it's totally get you yeah so for so for me i just you know it translates very well you feel like i have to put in my practice for the day i have to you know if i'm not practicing i'm not getting better and uh i you know i've always kind of done that with whatever sport i've been training and now when when you can kind of overlap your passion with your business you know it makes it a lot easier so for me having a fitness company did make it easier but mm -hmm. At the same time, when I started the fitness company, I started a nail salon, for example, and I did that just because I wanted to create cash flow while I was growing and developing this brand. But I was still just as passionate about it. It's just a different type of passion. So even though I might not have passion for the actual nails themselves, it's yeah. you know the passion of building the community is the you know the competitive nature of all of the rest of the nail salons in the area. 
how can I use these ideas to overlap my other business ventures and things like that. So, you know, I try to make a sport or make a, make a practice out of everything I'm doing so I can get better at it. No, for sure. And for your mindset surrounding or the mindset in general for managing multiple businesses, because it could be right. Multiple different hats because you're in different industries Managing sure. multiple profitable businesses requires a specific mindset. Can you share the key elements of that mindset and how you've cultivated it in your own journey? I mean, I think it's a lot of self-awareness. You know, I think everyone has their own approach to solving problems. You know, not, not every solution that I have or I've taken has been successful and not every solution would work for everyone. So, you know, for example, I know that I'm, a, I'm very good at getting teams to perform better and motivating teams and building teams and things like that. Whereas some people are more loners and, you know, they may may be better for you just to go handle that situation versus, you know, trying to rah-rah the team together around it. So I, th- I think sports and having the ability to kind of assess where you are and what will actually get the job done taught me that really early. I saw coaches coach kids different ways. And I was one of the kids that realized, okay, he yells at this guy to motivate him, but he kind of pampers this guy somewhat to motivate him. And I've always kind of loved that mental, you know, chess game of trying to just motivate people to get the job done and not really caring about how how it is you got there, but just can you successfully get it? Yeah, yeah. And I like how you talked about some people need tough love and some people need pampered love to get it done. Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like, for, for like myself, I don't do well in the tough love approach because I'm already mega critical to myself. So anytime I make an yeah. error or a mistake, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm just beating myself up about it. So, so when, it, when other people beat me up about it, it's like, I'm getting like hammered twice. So I'm just yeah. like, yeah, yeah. so, all, so I, I've learned from that. And I'm like, you know what? Like I just gotta, you know, what I've had to do is learn how to just be more mindful and, you know, like you said, develop that awareness, but also I use a meditation practice to just help calm down the mind because, you know, I've always have that personality where I can like, I got a lot of energy, but can get very distracted sometimes. So the, the meditation and then, like you said, fitness training, having, having a routine and this most recently ice baths, actually, I've been doing that <laughs> and that's helped a ton with just focus and just, you know, sticking on, you know, one, one thing at a time, right? Each day. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, like you said, you know, how basically when you're, when you're trying to overcome any type of obstacle, you're going to kind of get beat up or you're going to kind of have to go through some type of adversity. So, you know, talking to some people sternly may work, even if you think you need a stern talking, sometimes you just need someone to pamper you. And I, I think yeah. that those different subtleties and understanding that and, and having an awareness that, you're going to be there for the long run. You're there to get the job done. I think the team sees that when you once you do that kind of over and over. And when you come from a sports background, you've gotten to do that so many times with so many different teams and so many different personality types that it comes easier for you. And I think some people struggle out of the gate with entrepreneurship because it's just like a battle every day. And it does get kind of demoralizing when you're just getting punched from left and right. And you don't know, you know, you don't know where it'll come from tomorrow. Yeah, you need a lot of physical and mental stamina, but the physical stamina that you've built in the gym is has also built mental stamina. So you've built up both. So when you start as an entrepreneur and you've already built that foundation as an athlete, you're coming in with a very high level of reserve for energy because as an entrepreneur, you need a lot of energy, right? And if you don't have a lot of energy, you need to find other ways to get it, right? So yeah, yeah. dealing with it. 
I was going to say dealing with the different personality types and things like that, you know, even in sports, I, I tell people all the time, if I had, you know, a hundred teammates, I didn't like them all, but you learn to put those things aside in favor of a greater good, basically. And doing that kind of stuff, demonstrating that type of resilience in front of people who maybe didn't come from that background in the business world is kind of what helped me so far. No, definitely. But at the same time, when you're with a team and you're trying to motivate the team, the, the, you're all trying to get to the same goal as an organization, right? And you're, and it's all about that cohesion and that just like trusting that they'll, you know, that they'll, they'll, they'll find the way and then helping just guide them more of a guide than a, uh, yeah. like a silent leader, right? Like, yeah. And um, what strategies do you employ to ensure efficient management and growth across the different businesses simultaneously? I think that comes naturally for me as well as I've never kind of, I'm never satisfied. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I, I look at, I look at a business as a growing organism. You know, I don't think my one-year-old business should be the same size as my two-year-old business, my three-year-old business, et cetera. So any business that I have, that's the mindset that I go into it. You know, the, the only way I would ever even think about, you know, having some type of plateaued mindset is I think if we were just the biggest name brand completely, you know, completely taking over our market share of some industry. But if you're not there, you know, I think there's always room for improvement, always room for growth. So I just take that mindset and I know every day we're going to get better. It doesn't matter if I thought we were perfect last year, we're going to get better this year. No, definitely. And for practical application or like, ways that you learn to get better and find like those ways to, to improve daily. What are some of the modalities that you use? Do you read a lot of books? Do you listen to podcasts, audiobooks, or are you more of a person that likes to go to the physical like seminars or workshops or? I mean, I think all of the above, I think you educate yourself today, especially in today's world. I mean, education is everywhere. You can Google so many things that you, yeah. would think, you would think that, you know, how is this information just so freely available? But it, it is there. And so I think just having a learning mindset, I've always tried to get my companies to really kind of believe in automation and digital tools. So I'm always trying to see how to analyze the data that I'm receiving and, and try to turn things into A-B tests so that we can test and test and improve test and improve and literally just i think once you have that mindset throughout the company where every building block is just another testing point and another a b test it's almost impossible not to get better it's just a matter of talking about how much better did we get this week versus last week no definitely and being a being a minority owned business owner like you, you said when you started kettlebell kings it's like basically you and two of your college buddies right there's just three yeah. of you so talk about the challenges about starting that business minority owned part of the BIPOC community, like trying to get funding, trying to, trying to get, you know, just like people like, Hey, like I want like the getting, getting people, getting collaborators, people in, like in, in your network, building that network up to get people behind your brand and your idea. What did you, what did it take to get, to get like, you know, doing the door knocking the calls, like to build, start building up that network with like starting from, from scratch. Like, well, when we started, this, you know, what we called kind of our alliance between the three of us to start a company. We didn't know exactly what that company was going to be. So we were just, you know, I was very adamant about, you know, this is a, a council approach. You know, we'll make decisions fast. We're going to be faster and more nimble than our competitors. And, you know, that's what will give us the competitive edge. Three minds against every other, you know, one-minded operation type of deal. And that led to us 
researching and kind of going down the road of kettlebells. So all of us were on our own kind of personal journeys after college to figure out what type of health and wellness routines we wanted. And kettlebells was something that I had never worked with and neither of my partners had either. And at the time, there was really no, let's say, lifestyle brand associated with kettlebells. Rogue had kettlebells, but, you know, it was a byproduct of their CrossFit initiatives more than kind of a centerpiece. And so we really we noticed once we started kind of using the tool and researching the tool that, that, hey, there's some extreme benefit from this. And I think from a functional standpoint, it does most most people a lot better. You know, if you don't want to be a bodybuilder, then, you know, kettlebells can do a lot more for you, I think, in a limited amount of time, a more efficient type of workout to, to translate to functionality and, and overall fitness, I think. But in doing that, that just kind of sparked our own kind of self-learning journey where we were like, hey, no one's doing this. We don't know much about it, but we're really interested in it. And, you know, let's let's form a company around it. And we want it to be the most credible people in our space. So we made alliances with everyone that we could in terms of who are the credible people that are traveling to events, who are, you know, the coaches that are coaching those, what type of organizations supporting these things and we tried to give as much support and free equipment and you know we would physically go there and buy prizes and things like that and i think showing that ground level support from the beginning is really what kind of gave us that spark right on yeah so it's like you know just like basically asking for help and then, and then continuing to ask for help and continue to just find find the people that right that are that are the center that will later be the centerpieces for for your organization that's awesome and and not only not only just that, but you know we we knew that there was no one that was you know we wanted to kind of be the ESPN of the kettlebell world as well. So when you think about where do people go to find content and when it comes to kettlebells, there was no central location. And so we thought we could take that space and own that space and kind of become synonymous with kettlebell news and information, as well as having the physical product. So. We wanted to bring every kettlebell enthusiast's organization to one platform to discuss and exchange ideas. And then we would monitor and kind of aggregate all of that content to make it more palatable or more digestible for the common person to bring them along the road to purchase the equipment. I absolutely love I love the shape of the kettlebell. It just looks ginormous. And I like I love the logo, too. As I looked it up like the other day, I was like, oh, my God, this is like badass like like right on the card right like on like yeah. the right like king of yeah. hearts or king of spades or it looks exactly the same it's so cool yeah no we when we first saw the logo we were like okay people are gonna like this this is exactly you know the type of lifestyle brand people can wear on clothes and things like that yeah and i think that that kind of stuff really was picked up really quickly by the community everyone liked the idea of having you know royal grade equipment premium equipment that was you know fit for a king or queen or fit for royalty and you know we really just tried to put that theme throughout our customer service experience throughout the content that we had and and really try to bring the community together as let's just highlight the kettlebell in health and wellness and all of the other you know cultural differences and social differences let's put those aside and focus on this for now yeah yeah i like everyone like especially nowadays a lot of people can get behind kettlebell training because like i just got one actually from walmart like uh an adjustable kettlebell 10 to 40 pounds i think i got it like this past december Mm. you can get so many workouts with that thing like yeah. And like, like you said, a fraction on the time, 15 to 20 minutes, like do Tabata style or hit style and you're in and you're out. And, but it's like such a good overall full body functional, functional training session and you feel great. Yeah. 
you don't know how many people, you know, talk about like, I, I can bring so many more groceries in or I can carry my kids or, you know, yeah, we, yeah. we get those things where it's, yes, you can actually physically do things better now because you've been training with this tool. And, you know, if you're just going and you don't really lift a lot and every time you go, you're doing some static bodybuilding lift, it doesn't necessarily translate as fast or as, as functional as you would like sometimes. Uh, yeah, you're building that full full body like fortress, right? Like all the way around. So it's yeah. like kettlebells are amazing for that. Now, you talked you talked to touched on a little bit about utilizing digital tools in modern business. So in the beginning, did you did you and your partners did you guys have like a kind of a social media strategy that like started off because it was social media was starting to kind of be at the forefront and then you're still like, okay, we got to start it, you know, because of the kind of brand we're trying to build. Did you guys have access to those tools? Yeah. Cause it started in 2013. So, you know, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, was there yeah, one we, specific platform that you guys wanted to pick or did we, you kind of dabble in them all or? Yeah, we were there for the glory days of social media when, you know, when clicks were cheap and, <laughs> and leads, were, <laughs> leads were cheap. All you had to do was have a good lookalike audience and you were a winner. But yeah, no, we were, you know, when we first started, we still remember how many people were like, how are you going to have a kettlebell company with no, you know, no facility? And it's like, well, this is a digital brand. This is, this brand exists more than just in one physical location. You know, it's, it's a community of people that lives and grows and can kind of be anywhere all at once. And I think that's that having that mindset forced us also to look at digital tools as connecting that universe. So we really tried to think about the user experience of when someone's searching online, how do they then find enough information that makes them comfortable with purchasing from us? So part of that is lead generation where we're capturing, we're having campaigns where there are no sales pitches whatsoever. This is strictly lead generation trying to capture what type of content do people want? Do you want to receive free workouts? Do you want to receive you know, fat loss tips, whatever topic we may have, we'll run campaigns, test them against each other to see which ones bring in the most leads, segment those lists, and then we'll continue to build that list over sometimes 60 to 90 days before we'll even start pitching a sale. And having that kind of content-focused approach gave us so much content that then we could feed to that list. So we were aggregating the content from so many different sources that you know we almost had an unlimited amount of content that we could serve to people. It's just What's your favorite type of content? That's really the real question. What type of content is going to make you most comfortable actually purchasing a piece of equipment and starting to work out? And that just became, you know, segmenting exercise of, of all of the leads we were brought in. So I would say 90% of our things was just lead generation. Maybe 10% would go towards, you know, direct sales and brand awareness and things like that. Right on. And would you have, would you guys be in, in any of the ads, like doing like, like a sample of a workout or would you hire yeah. out mod models? For well, so, I mean, you know, we thought about that, like, you know, do, do, do I want to be the kettlebell king or do we want the brand to be the brand? And we, we definitely yeah. wanted the brand to be the brand. We didn't want the brand to have a particular face. Yeah. You know, if we had trainers, we want to have an alliance of trainers, maybe one lead trainer at a time as, you know, as that trainer leaves, he's, you know, he's basically bringing up another, you know, he's the, the uh, sense, sensei, if you will, to the next kettlebell instructor. Uh, but we always wanted that to be the approach. So in every single piece of advertisement, I or my partners were in it when we first started because we couldn't afford to hire anybody. So, <laughs> so yes, I was yeah. tons of advertising. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. did people know I was the owner? The owner? No, I was just doing push-ups, you know, doing a kettlebell swing in the background. And, you know, we did that kind of stuff 
quite, I mean, for the first three to four years, you know, we didn't, we didn't pay ourselves from the company. You know, I tell people all the time, one of, I think the quote unquote mistakes we made is we'd never really took on an investment. So we bootstrapped everything, started with just our savings accounts, you know, three, three of us put in what we had in our savings accounts and just kept flipping that over and over. And that's a long grind, especially if you're not paying yourself and kind of putting in all those hours. We obviously made it and it came out, you know, it came out good in the end. And we learned a lot doing it like, quote unquote, the hard way. But if I could go back and do it, I probably would take on a little investment and accelerate some of the, the sticking points we may have had because of the financial restrictions. Yeah, yeah. But again, you don't know what's going to so no hit until, until, you're, until you're doing the grind, right? <laughs> and, and, you know, it's hard to see the grass grow when you're, when you're so close to it. You're there every single day. And, uh, you know, I think it takes milestones or big deals. So, you know, like when we first got into lifetime fitness or 24-hour fitness, these type of milestone moments really allowed us to say, okay, well, how can we now position this this large amount of capital or these large deals to really catapult the company or really to put us in a better position as owners or whatever those kind of initiatives may have been? Yeah, no, like crazy. And let's also talk about your your uh, life goes green. Is it life? Yeah, life grows green. Like the Hemp and CBD same. company. So that started in 2019. That's been what four years yeah yeah for four yeah, years we, we started yeah. we it was it was established in 2019 obviously that's you know right before covid so covid put a damp dampener on a lot mm-hmm. of the things that we're doing i was kind of in a holding pattern so you know we had basically operations that were going to be starting that we had to kind of put on hold but as is as the companies developed and what it always was you know mm-hmm. i think People see it as, and rightly so, because of our current product lineup as a hemp and CBD company. But I think my I envision it more as a natural lifestyle company or a natural product company where, you know, I think one of the things on the journey with Kettlebell Kings I wasn't really able to tap into like I wanted to is replacing or giving people's options to replace any products that they're currently using that may not be the most healthy choice for them. So whether that's some of the ingestibles and supplements that people take or, you know, the sheets and the glassware and, you know, the different lifestyle products that you could use a natural solution. And, you know, you're currently, whether through ignorance or through through price, using a cheap option. Yeah, no, I really like that because, like, when we were talking before the interview about sleep, like, CBD and hemp are at the forefront of, like, from, you know, the little bit of research and evidence that is being done. But maybe less evidence in, in the, in the, like lots of science, not a ton of evidence, but, you know, lots of results though. People are getting the results. They're improving their sleep. They're improving their anxiety. They're like lowering depression, like all these things. Right. And, and that's why I'm like so drawn to it because I'm always been someone that's kind of, you know, very high energy, but I can, I can take, take on stress easy. I can get anxious easy. I've learned how to manage it much better because I've, you know, always had a fitness routine and, and, you know, in the last few years, like 2017 until now. So six years meditation practice, been really delving into that and it's helped a lot, but, but also like supplements, like you said, right. Making sure I have like a good lineup of supplements, right. Like supplemental to what I'm already doing. That's working, right. You know, making sure I get good sleep, good exercise routine, diet, right. Like I know, I know it's, it's talked about a lot, but diet is and sleep and exercise there. Cross those things off your list and you're, and you execute on those and you do them daily, like they make the rest of your day so much easier if you've got that like kind of more regimented, right? Routinized. For sure. 
but but yeah, like talk. Let's talk about like the, some of the products that you offer for your life grows green. Like the hemp in the CBD. I was taking a look earlier. You guys have like tinctures, creams, the CBD oils for pets, and then capsules. I haven't seen much of that because I'm in Canada. I haven't seen much of the CBDs in capsules. I've seen a little bit, but you got you guys have a pretty high dosage, which is pretty awesome. And then what do you, what do you what would you say is like the best dosage for like if you're trying to like like I don't know like an hour an hour before bed, right? You want to like really chill out. You want to relax. I mean, I tell everyone the same. I think the good thing about these types of products is you can kind of test as little and kind of work your way up without many kind of side effects or anything. So, you know, if you take one of our lower dose capsules and you don't feel like you're getting effects, there's nothing severe that's going to happen to you for taking two of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the beauty of beauties of taking natural products. It's really hard to quote, quote unquote overdose. An overdose for us means that you, the experience was a little too intense than you would like, not that you went to the hospital or almost died, you know? So I think, <laughs> yeah. I think those are, those risks are a lot different. And so I tell people start, start slow, start with the recommended dosage on the, on the bottle. I think everyone knows whether or not they are typically a high tolerance or a low tolerance person from, you know, other experiences that you've had. So I usually tell people to stick with that. If you know, you, you know, you're a low tolerance person and maybe start a little bit slower. Whereas if you're, you know, a guy or a person that has been known to have a higher tolerance, it's safe as well to start with some of the higher, the higher capsules and just try those as well. You can always go down or, or have them as well. And do you guys ship internationally or just within the U.S.? Currently, it's just within the U.S. And, you know, that. so even like I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what we're, I'm working on now. You know, I look at the product lineup as definitely just the beginning and an ever-growing type of project that will always have to be expanded on. So, you know, right now I'm looking to grow and expand outside the U.S., not just with those types of products, but with other natural mm-hmm. lifestyle products. So I have that kind of section of products where I want and I have the manufacturers that I like, and I'm really working on building out some of the other products to complement them as well. Right on. And the manufacturers that you have, is it is it made in the U.S. or is it or is part of this it in the U.S.? Or, yeah, yeah this, these are made in the U.S. Yeah, all of, all of these products that we currently have are made in the U.S. And they, you can, they, you know, they all have certificates, certificates of analysis. So you can really see kind of down to the the most detail that you'd like, uh, everything that's in the product. And we, everything that we get, if it's not organic, is as organic as it can be, or is as natural as it can be. Right on. Yeah. Because one thing that I, I think I've tried, a, I think I've tried a little bit of like, like hemp, hemp based CBD oil, or it's like a, like a hybrid. I knew you were going right? to say that, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all of them have THC in them, right? Because they can't completely take them out. Because I think on your website, it says that broad spectrum is like the hybrid, is it? And then full spectrum is just straight up hemp or straight up CBD. Is that right? Or So you can't theoretically take it all out, but you can get the levels low enough to not be low enough to, yeah. test, to be tested. And you can do that through strains and other processes. And there are organic processes to do that. So we offer both types. But we have, you know, you can see there this clear on there. We have zero THC as well. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, does does your customers notice any difference on hemp versus the just the CBD? Like taking either or? Or, well, you know, I think <clears throat> when people say hemp, a lot of times 
because of these the terminology and people label things so kind of recklessly in this industry you know hemp can be the oil from this actual seed itself or it can actually be you know full spectrum cbd oil and some people will call that hemp oil because it's from the hemp plant and you know you, yeah, that's yeah. What you did. so it might have some seed oil in that as well and i think those are some of the hard parts about really understanding and analyzing apples to apples when you're talking about two different companies or just two different products. So when people search online and they say like CBD product or, you know, CBD for sale, you're not looking at apples versus apples. You're looking at completely different products of, of hemp, quote unquote. And ours are going to be, you know, the actual process that you would use if you were actually doing the plant or, you know, if I say, if you were doing the plant, if you were in a legal THC state, this is the process they would use to make that oil. So our oil is going to be made using a flower that's a CBD flower, extremely low THC. Some of the products we have are zero THC. Most of them are actually zero THC, but we have that full spectrum as well, where they're just taking that and as naturally as processed as they can processing out the, the oils from it. Right on. Well, you make me want to start my own supplement company because I spend way too much money on supplements. <laughs> it, it, it's hard. I will say it's an addiction. It, it's, it's an addiction for me, man. Oh my! I was gonna God. say it's it's hard to find good ones, and it like you say, it is an addiction. But the industry oh. is very saturated, so you know, yeah. I tell you, when this this is one of the most competitive spaces that there is. Oh whether that's hemp or just supplements in general, it's a very competitive space. And like I say, there's no, there's not strict regulation. So it's hard to, yeah. you know, if you're making a high quality product and someone else is calling it the same thing and selling it for half the price, but it's not the same thing, you know, it's hard for you to compete with that without just being the bad guy and kind of crapping on everyone else's product. Yeah, no. And that's the same in Canada too. Like it's like, it's not regulated like it should be. And yeah. like you look at all the products on the shelf and a lot of them are just garbage. Like a big thing with, uh, I have a buddy that's a personal trainer and he was like working in for this one fitness brand. And he says like a lot of the protein powders like are like amino spiked, right? So they, they like, <laughs> the, the, they say it's 25 grams of protein, but in actuality, it's like more like half that because, yeah. because if they just spike it full of the like amino spike it, and then it's like mainly just like carbs, right? So it's like- yeah. You're getting really ripped off and you're spending like 60 to 70 dollars or whatever it is right for for a tub and you're yeah. like and you think that it's you're getting your bang for your buck but you're you're actually getting like 10 grams of protein it's like a ripoff well we i had an experience with kettlebell kings where we ordered kettlebells from uh, from a new manufacturer and we, we always we don't you can't really trust when you're getting kettlebells from overseas you have to you know yeah. always be skeptical always try to try to make sure you're doing quality control as much as possible well we got our first small batch run from this particular new manufacturer and when we get them we beat them up so you know we literally take them throw them up in the air bang them against each other try to break them on purpose and we're going through this process and it actually cracks open like an egg, like an egg. And oh in, inside, God. inside the kettlebell was the dust and dirt and cigarette butts. And it was literally from the shop floor in China. So they would sweep up the floor, take all of the dirt and grime and whatever. And they would use that as filler. So, you know, they put lead balls in there and then use. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the and, heck? And I was like, who would do this? You know, like what? Like what individual would actually say, yes, I'm going to scoop up this and put it inside of this and then yeah. sell it, sell it to someone. And from literally from that day forth, I just was like, okay, you cannot trust manufacturers. They, they will put sawdust. So, you know, some people, they think they're eating, 
eating a great supplement, but it's like, no, you're eating like the scraps, from, the scrap, <laughs> the, the hooves from some local farm that they, you know, they couldn't do anything with the scraps or whatever, but my goodness. it's the world we live in. Yeah. Holy smokes. The wild west, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that covers all of my questions. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we've covered, we've covered like literally all, all the questions that I had down. I think that's, I think that's everything. And then the last, last question, last question. We got your book, Preparing for Battle, that just came out this past Wednesday, August 23rd. Like, great title. When did you start thinking about writing a book? Or have you always wanted to write a book? And why the name Preparing for Battle? Um, good question. I mean, I, I always wanted to write a book. You know, I, I think I read a lot of books growing up. You know, I was one of those super nerds that wanted to get as many points as I could from, like, Accelerated Reader when I was little. And so I, I literally, you know, I tell people all the time, I probably read more books by the time I was 10 than most people read in their lifetime. Uh, but so I've always kind of had that passion, like, hey, I, you know, I should have a book at some point. But I didn't know really what it would be about. And I didn't think necessarily I had the qualifications to be an author. But with the sale of the company and kind of closing that chapter of the journey and starting another one, I think it was a good time for me to put my ideas down on paper. Not to mention, um, you know, I'm working with my alma mater with Rice University and trying to trying to also kind of build out services and, and helpful educational pieces for people who want to get into entrepreneurship. You know, I think even my book in itself is is along that initiative of me trying to help other people prepare themselves for entrepreneurship. You know, I wish when I started someone helped me mentally get my mind ready for the journey as as good as I could. So, you know, I try to give some of that insight to people and I got to use sports and some of my experiences in sports to help kind of draw those references and make my points. No, for sure. And like, love, love the book title and super happy for it. Like had a tremendously successful, successful career, business, like multiple businesses, amazing brands. And I wish you all, all but the best. And I would love to have you back on the mindset podcast again, Chad. And it's a pleasure interviewing you tonight. First video podcast for mindset and many more to come. And I'm, I'm aiming to publish our, our episode here for tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific. I want to do, I'm going to also get an audiogram done up. So like just the audio portion, and then we'll do this, this video podcast, and then I'll, I'll splice it, get some clips gone, done with some captions and stuff. So that'll be awesome. I'll be posting that to Instagram. And then your publicist, Diana, she can, she can share us with all of the social media platforms that you guys used. And yeah. Absolute blast interviewing, and I'd love to have you on again. Sounds good, and you were you were awesome as well. And let me know if I can do anything. Absolutely, yeah. Appreciate you having on the my podcast today, and you take care. Thank you. Bye. All right. The mindset mission. Mindset's mission is to empower thirty plus million listeners worldwide to achieve optimal mental and physical health through engaging podcasts inspiring positive change for future generations. Dear listeners, I thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to the Mindset Podcast. This is your host, Alex Muir, helping you flex your mind, body, and soul. And I just want to start off by saying, I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. I appreciate your feedback on my episodes and uh, following the show. And I would like your feedback as well in the form of a short rating and review 
on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Spotify Podcasts now has a rating and review section. Um, so I would love your feedback on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts um, to, to help me uh, attract great guests and to help me further the show and uh, develop the show and improve the show. So hopefully you guys all enjoyed this uh, episode. And again, uh, you can reach out to me um, to give additional feedback on my, my blog. That's alexandermuir.com slash blog. You can reach out to me on uh, through my Instagram, through Facebook. All my links are in the show notes. And again, I appreciate you and thank you all for listening. enjoyed that special guest series episode brought to you by podcastguest.com and radioguest.com if you'd like to reach out to me get to know me or my guests you can do so at my blog that's alexandermuir.com that's a-l-e-x m as a mike u-i-r dot com and then you go under my blog section And it has all my recent podcast episodes and prior episodes with my guests. And if you'd like to reach out to to me on another platform, I'm also on Instagram, uh, Facebook. You can DM me on Facebook or on Instagram. And you can leave a short review. If you enjoy the episodes, uh, leave five stars, rate, review, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I appreciate you all. Thank you all for listening and see y'all next time.